You're listening to The Bridge, a podcast on stories of courage, resilience, and innovation with me, Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Welcome back to The Bridge Podcast, a show about resiliency that highlights leaders from our region as they share their stories with all of you. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. And last week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Betsy Hamm, the chief executive officer of Duck Donuts. In today's second half of the interview, we dive more into Betsy's leadership skills and her personal journey of being a working mother in a CEO role. Before we get into today's episode, let me tell you a little bit more about Betsy. Betsy Ham oversees the overall direction of the organization and leads the development of the company's long- and short-term goals and strategic initiatives. She's committed to building and protecting the 100-plus growing franchise brand by generating awareness and driving revenue. She works alongside her team to identify and provide the necessary tools and resources to ensure franchises achieve ultimate profitability and success. In her previous role as Chief Operating Officer, she oversaw operations, marketing, and business development, focusing on product development and daily operations. Prior to being named Chief Operation Officer, she served as the Marketing Director. Betsy joined Duck Donuts with 15 years' experience as the Marketing Director for Hershey Entertainment and Resorts, a world-class entertainment and hospitality company that owns and operates many of the suite attractions, resorts, and entertainment venues across Hershey, Pennsylvania. Betsy serves on the board of directors for the Salvation Army Harrisburg Capital City Region and Living Well Institute. She holds a Bachelor of Arts in Communication and Masters of Business Administration from Shippensburg University. Please enjoy this episode of The Bridge. Um, curious if you had any mentors or role yes, models on your journey. Definitely. I think having uh, mentors is so, so important from day one. Um, I always had some some maybe more official relationships versus others. And I, I look now, especially through the years, uh, one of my early on bosses at Hershey, her name is Kim, and she was one of the first women uh, VPs in the company. Mm-hmm. So that was a really big deal. And she owned that and earned it and did a really did a lot for women in leadership with in Hershey. And I always looked up to her for that. And I, she hasn't been my boss for, gosh, probably 12 years, 10 years. And I still keep in touch with her. Um, I get so excited if she shoots me a note or a text like, hey, I saw Duck Donuts did this. Congrats. You know, it just, it's That's still, such a good feeling. yeah, it still is such a nice thing. So um, I definitely still look to her to be a role model and a mentor. And, you know, I've had a lot of mostly women um, <laughs> through my career that I have definitely looked up to yeah. for that. Uh, but even now within, within Duck Donuts and, and within franchising, it's a male dominated industry for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but have certainly made some great connections. Uh, I have, uh, I guess I call him a friend now too. Paul, he was the president of Dunkin' Donuts. Just ended up connecting to him via LinkedIn, and mm-hmm. have um, he, we worked with him for some planning last year, but now have kept in touch with him. And you know, I certainly look to him for guidance um, and, and that mentorship, which has been awesome. That's nice, and it's nice to have a variety of people that you yes, can go to. Definitely, Even people think when you get to be a president or a CEO that that stops. No, and it really doesn't. As a matter of fact, you need to build need more. that network even more. <laughs> yes. 
yes. that you have people that you can pick up the phone and call. Absolutely. Um, we're and it's a perfect transition because we're going to talk about women as leaders. Yes. And and you're right. There are fields and there are positions like ours that are very male dominated. Right. And a lot of women don't see themselves going into a leadership role, or they don't think about it, or they don't put themselves in in even that position. Right. Um, some of it's societal, which is definitely changing, mm-hmm. and you see that changing all the time. Some of it's internal. I studied inter. I studied um, imposter syndrome, oh, which is something yes. that a lot of women struggle with, which is they get in roles and they see themselves as an imposter. Mm. Like they're afraid someone's going to figure out they're not really, they shouldn't be in that role yet. And it's a completely internal thing. It's something that women struggle with something like 90% more than men do. Wow. Very, very few men struggle with that. Men can see two (laughs) qualifications out of 10 and be like, I could do that job. Right. And and women struggle with that. So I'm curious um, with your leadership mindset, maybe especially when you first got into some leadership roles, even at like a director Mm -hmm. level, how did you view yourself and then maybe how has has your view changed over the course of your professions? Yeah, so I think part of it too, and I'm hoping it's changed now that I've been in the workforce for how many? 20-ish years. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I mentioned Kim and, and her being really the only right. woman I saw in right. leadership. And I think part of it is not seeing other women in those roles. I mean, you look at the Fortune 500 list and how many women CEOs are on that list and it's, right. it's depressing. And, you know, I think a lot of it is people, women making choices not to for whatever reason reason. And, and, and that's fine. Um, but I think a lot of it does come back to that imposter syndrome or confidence uh, yeah. or the fact that I think a lot of women and, and I have friends who I don't think that they think they can be both. They don't think they can be a mom right. and right. a wife and, and do right. all that and have a really awesome career too. And, and and some people it probably doesn't work for, but I think a lot of people it can. So I just think there's a lot of people, who women who make that choice that they have to do one or the other or just don't have the confidence that they can put themselves out there um, and, and be in those types of so I think I think you're hitting the nail on the head. That's a great that's a great point. Um, what's something that maybe you wish you knew when you first started out that you know now? Oh, there's so many things, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we sort of touched on the fact that I would have never assumed this would be my role. So I think having the ability to pivot and, and change and take opportunities as they come to is really important and that you're not going to have this really specific, I'm going to be the manager of this and then the director and I'm going to be the CMO. You know, it doesn't always right. play out like that and that's okay. And I think the other big thing is resilience. Um, mm. You know, this wasn't an easy path to get to this uh, point in my career. And, you know, I certainly was told no. I was certainly told I wasn't good enough for a certain job or, you know, got turned down for things. And at the time you're like, oh my gosh, okay, right. I'm really, I'm not good yeah. enough. This yeah. is all I'm going to be or this is all I can do. And, you know, sometimes the situation or the person isn't right, um, but that doesn't mean that you're just done and that you, you write it off. So I think um, being resilient and being able to have a confidence to keep going and trying something different, I think is really important because it's really easy to sort of just sit back and feel defeated and, and you definitely can't can't be defeated. We we talk a lot about resiliency on this podcast. Oh, it's, it's really the theme of the oh, podcast nice. because a lot of our students have to be resilient and have had to be in their life to even mm-hmm. get to college, let sure. alone make it through and get to graduation. And every guest we've had on has talked about some defining moments where they were told no, uh-huh. or they were told, uh, we had some that told us that they had a professor or a guidance counselor that literally said, you're not going to amount to anything. Oh. Like you should just go do something that doesn't require college and doesn't require a profession. And that person ended up being a CEO of a bank. Oh my gosh. Right. So how has your, and I don't want to call them failures, but they could be failures sure. yeah. or maybe rejections. Or if, if someone said something that was hurtful, how, how has that actually helped you in your career? 
I think because I'm a little stubborn and I like to prove people wrong, right. that has been a, a thing that has helped me that I just, I want to show that person that I can do it. So, you know, yeah. as I've gotten promoted through the years at Duck Donuts, I'm like, hmm, I hope some people saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you, luckily you're someone who is resilient and has enough confidence and enough ambition to say, I'm going to prove that person yes. wrong. I think about like the young people who hear those messages oh, yes. that take it and take it to heart and Absolutely. believe that. Absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. So what strategies can you give young female listeners for maybe overcoming some of those doubts or overcoming negative comments? Yes. Think about like social media oh, or, yes. you know, if you're trying thank to Thank God we didn't have that when we were growing Can up. you imagine? <laughs> no. I, I thank God every no. day that came out like yes. once we were finishing <laughs> right. college. Exactly. But what could you tell some um, of our young female listeners? You know, I think the biggest thing is, and we, we talked about it a little bit ago, is the whole mentor role model. Mm. I think having people and even surrounding yourself with whether it's coworkers or friends who are positive, like-minded individuals that can be your cheerleader because you're right, sometimes we can't be a, a cheerleader for ourselves and we need to be around people who can right. talk some sense into us actually, you know, and, yeah. and I think of that too, just, I you know, I have some informal mentor relationships with some women and, and I was talking to one today actually. Actually, and, and I had to kind of give her the little kick, like, what do you mean? Like, you can do this. Like, why are you doubting yourself? Yeah. Yes, it, it might not work, but it, it, it can. So right. you've got to try this. So I think having people in your life who are supportive, um, and maybe it's your husband or your boyfriend or your mom. I mean, it, it can mm-hmm. take on a lot of different forms, but I think it's really important to have those cheerleaders in your life who can talk some sense into us when, when we all need it. Yeah, every everyone needs that person. Um, you mentioned that you have your bachelor's degree and your master's degree. So, And you, you got your master's degree when you were working. Yes. Which a lot of our students, 82% of our students are doing that. Nice. Um, actually, 93% work at least part-time. Awesome. But they're, these are you know working, working students. Um, what role has education played in your lifelong learning and your career growth? I think education is very important, obviously, why I went back after just uh, getting the bachelor's to get the master's. I think it was really important. Um, I think it just helps you to have different perspectives and understanding. And to be honest, when I got my master's, part of my drive for that was because I was in a marketing role at a company that was very financially driven. And I thought saying that I had my MBA sounded really good <laughs> to the finance people. Like, oh, she's not just a marketing person. Well, she, that's probably true. Right? There's yes. probably truth to that. Yes. And I, I would see it in some faces because, of course, I'd kind of slided into conversations here or there that I was working on my MBA or I just got it. So um, I think it helps with the credibility standpoint. And then, you know, even after the formal education piece, I think being or to staying um, educated is so important. I read a lot of books. Mm. I read uh, like the magazines that send out the e-newsletters of just what's happening in the industry. I think it's really important to continue to learn and to see what other people are doing. And that takes on a lot of different forms depending on your role. But uh, just being plugged into what's going on around you and talking to people. I talk to a lot of other you know, CEOs or VPs of developments just to understand what they're doing. And just I'm trying to constantly learn and understand how I can take that information sure. and use it for Duck Donuts to grow. Oh, that's a great answer. Today's episode will continue in a minute, but first, the cost to attend college and the time to complete the work are two of the top barriers to enrollment, according to a 2020 Inside Higher Ed survey. While college might be the single greatest investment you can make in terms of future earnings, it still comes with a significant price tag. But thanks to the Central Penn College Education Foundation, we are working to make your college degree or certificate even more affordable at Central Penn College. Twice a year, our Education Foundation awards over $100,000 in new scholarships. 
The only way to be considered for these generous student scholarships is to apply. Visit www.centralpen.edu foundation to find a scholarship that might be a perfect match for you. That's www.centralpen.edu foundation to apply for a scholarship now. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about work-life balance <laughs> or the struggle for work-life yes. balance. And you're married with, with two children, yes. a teenager and a preteen. Yes. How do you manage your time and priorities between your family and your leading a growing company? What is that like for yes. you? Yes. So I think balance is um, a fake word that can't yep. actually happen. We talk about that all the time <laughs> on this show. I think it's juggling. I think, you know, you have everything up in the air and you're trying to keep it all. And sometimes you're going to drop a ball and that's okay. Pick it up and you start again. Um, I think the biggest thing is trying is having a support system. And I know that looks different for everybody. Luckily, I have a husband who has a flexible job. So he does more than his line share of carpooling and yeah, everything else. Yeah. Um, but I even rely on neighbors for carpooling and anything that makes my life convenient from getting HelloFresh meals delivered yeah, <laughs> to, you know, buying everything from Amazon online that shows up in two days. So it's anything to save time from a convenience right. standpoint right. just takes the stress out of the day to day for sure. So when you come home, you're not so stressed about trying to figure out what you're going to make for dinner or anything like that. All that stuff adds up. And, you know, you want to spend time with your kids. And they, I, I mean, the, when you said teenager and preteen, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I do have a teenager and a preteen. I know, I know it's hard. It's... We both have 13-year-olds going into eighth grade. So <laughs> I know it's, it. when you say it out loud, it's like you can't believe you're yes, a teenager. teenager. So it's, it, obviously, those 13 years have gone by so fast. So I, I prioritize my kids, definitely, um, making sure that I'm there for sporting events and violin lessons and dance uh, stuff. So, you know, I, I'm there for all of that. And I might miss a, a game here or two because right. I have to travel, but I do everything I can to not have to travel or, you know, to make sure that I'm there for all of that. And and it's even the little things, and especially during COVID, you know, your schedule's so crazy. We were working from home, so everything was just integrated. And I realized I was picking up my daughter from school um, every day, pretty much, and I was always on a call. And she's like, oh, God, you're on a call every time you're in the car. It's so annoying. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, if I don't talk to her now, by the time we get home, She's gone. She's going to go she do doesn't... her own thing as soon as you get home. Yes. Yeah. So just trying to go, okay, I'm not going to schedule calls. I'm not going to be on the call when she gets in the car because then that's what she's going to remember. So you right. do have to be very intentional about trying to shut it down or shut it off and, and making sure that they they realize that they're important. And you, it sounds like you have a really good awareness. And and in in my study, so I studied college presidents who were mothers. Oh, that was what my dissertation okay. was on. And it was, I interviewed and went around the country and I interviewed women who were college presidents but had kids, which there weren't very many. Okay, there's only there's only something like twenty eight percent in the U S. Hmm. And um, well, twenty eight percent of college presidents were women, and then sixty percent of that twenty eight percent had children. Okay, and most of them didn't become presidents until their children were fully grown oh, and out of the house. Wow. So they waited until their kids were out of high school or their husbands retired. Oh, it was interesting. There were only two college presidents that I interviewed that had kids under 10 years old. Oh, my gosh. And and the term that they use, and, and it's a newer term, is called work-life integration. Oh, OK. I because, like integration. And I like juggling, too. Right. I think that's probably more accurate. And you <laughs> right. strive for the integration. Yes. But juggling is probably yes. more accurate. Um, and, and the whole point is 
they're not separate anymore. Mm -hmm. So your kids see what you're doing at work. And, and, you know, my kids, we're going through a very complex project at the college. And my kids will say something like, how's the debt service replenishment fund? You know, it's something that you would never (laughs) know about. But my 11-year-old's asking about, you know, what's the difference between a for-profit and a non-profit? And he's like, don't you want to make a profit? And I said, well, yes, but there's there's different levels to it, right? So to try to explain that to an 11-year-old, it's it's really interesting. Yes. So I'm curious, and and as you said in your career, you learn a lot more as you're going through, and you're you're older, and you can reflect. Was there a point where you struggled with the different roles? You know, I think when they were really little, like baby little, and you had to drop them off at daycare. Yeah, you know, awful. that was the part where they'd be standing at the door, like crying, and you're running out the door to get to a meeting. And I, that part, I feel like, was really hard. Yeah. And, and knowing that it was really more about me than it was about them. They loved daycare. They loved all their friends. I know, it, it was matter. a great, it's, you know, great thing for them but you're like oh my gosh so um you know you definitely have that guilt I think at that age but now you know as they've gotten older they don't even know if you're around sometimes so it doesn't quite have the same impact of of when they're little crying at the door and even if they turn it off the minute you walked away you still still felt really bad at that time I think you're right I think it's really tough on young moms when they're when they're working and trying to make a career for themselves and that's why a lot of women opt out of those positions and those roles and you can do both it requires you being able to ask for help right um, whether Definitely. it's a, a supportive spouse or friends or parents. Absolutely. Um, so, no, you're you're absolutely right. And you just talked about this a little bit, but do you have any rules about cell phone downtime? For me or for them? For both. <laughs> for both. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for, for both. I, I actually track their screen time on, on the Apple yeah, thing yeah. that you can do, which is great, especially during COVID and them not being in school. They could sit in front of that all day if you let them. Uh, so I track their um, screen time, but I do try to be very cognizant of mine as well. So I, I try to make make a very like specific effort that when I come home from work uh, that I put my phone down because it's really easy mm. when you just drove you know 30 minutes and you get home and then you're looking at the emails that you missed and you want to respond quick and then I, again I'm not engaged and it's like really right. obvious so right. I try to not do that right when I first get home like let's talk let's do whatever let's get dinner around somebody usually has to be run somewhere um, so I do try to have that cut off and then later on of course yeah sure I'll get my phone out or you know try not to get the laptop out at night but at least if you can just respond via phone I think that's not as bad but yeah, I definitely think it's important to be present. I think that's that's the big thing for sure is being present when you are there. I agree. And I'm with you. And it's hard not to once once dinner's done and you're on the couch by yourself to yes. pull out the laptop, <laughs> right. check a couple of emails and yep. make sure nothing's happening. And then an hour later, you're still sitting there with yeah, your laptop. <laughs> I know. I know. What, what are some things that you do for fun to get your mind off of work and stress? And are, are there certain hobbies or activities or yes, so. even, even guilty pleasure apps or anything like that that you're um, into? I would say the biggest thing is probably working out. I go to the gym every morning at 6 a.m., work out, and I just thing and I like to run Penny I'm a weather I'm a fair weather runner but I like to run um, so I think being active and taking that time for myself is is really important um, we like to have friends over you know we have our friends that have their kids that are friends with my kids so um, just kind of hanging out social we love to travel as a family so um, doing that and then just even hanging out with girlfriends I think is super important yeah. and I think sometimes women get at that like oh well you know I have to worry about my family and I have work and then you kind of forget about your friends but you need your friends you need that social like 
like, hey, come on over. Let's open a bottle of wine or whatever it is. Sure but do. you need that time with your yeah. girlfriends for sure, too. Yeah, yeah that's, you bring up a really good point because we, we talk a lot about even work-life integration. You think work and children. Yes. You're not really thinking about how do you care for yourself and your other relationships right. in your life and nurturing those relationships because you Absolutely. have to find things that fill your cup outside yes. of just family and work. Definitely. Which is hard. That's hard for women. Definitely. Um, we're getting near the end here. I'm, I'm curious if you have any advice that you'd like to share with young people, maybe our college students, as they make their way into the working world for the first time. Ooh. Um, I think, you know, we touched on a little bit of it, but I think have, surrounding yourself with the right people, having mentors, I think networking is really, really important. I think that's how I ended up in a lot of the positions that I had through the years was just because I knew somebody who knew somebody and, and they connected you. So I think yeah. networking is really huge. And especially for college students, I think internships are so important. Uh, I think it's a great way to understand what you really want to do yeah. uh, when you have that exposure. And then it also goes back to that connection point of, of getting to meet people that maybe you get hired at that location or another company that they're working with. And that got you into really the job at Hershey. Yes. You made connections there, realized yep. that you liked it, even though you started somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Internships are important. We require them of every major here. Oh, that's awesome. Or they could do a capstone project. Okay. But what we're actually finding is the students that get internships and take the internships are actually more prepared when they graduate. It's not a surprise, but sure. they're more prepared than even the students who write the papers. Nice. So yeah, it's something we believe in here too, an experiential hands-on learning. Okay. So at the end of each podcast, this is the fun part. Okay. Not that the whole thing wasn't fun. You were, you've been an amazing guest, honestly. I ask each guest of just a series of very quick, rapid fire, okay. top of your head responses. It's nothing that, that pressing. Okay, <laughs> okay, you ready? So top song, group, or artist on your playlist right now? Who do you listen to? Oh, gosh. Um, Florida Georgia Line, probably the most. Okay. Dog or cat? Dog. Still unanimous. Every, Every guest on this podcast oh, awesome. has said dog. Um, best thing that happened to you this month? I went on vacation. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. That's a good response. Uh, favorite beverage? Mm, Cabernet. <laughs> You're allowed to say it. And, water. Also water. And water. And best piece of advice for Central Penn College students? Uh, work hard, get internships, and uh, have resiliency. Excellent. Betsy, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be oh, with us. Oh, thank you. Thanks You're for having me. You're such a good guest. It's been an honor to, to meet with you. you. My kids are going to be, I'm really going to be popular tonight when I bring home the box yes. of donuts that you brought. Nice. <laughs> so they did ask me. I was like, I don't think so, guys. But we could go there over the weekend and get, <laughs> get awesome. them again. So thank you so thank much. You. It's been a pleasure getting to speak with you. Thank you. Today's episode of The Bridge is brought to you by Central Penn College Alumni Association. Today, the Alumni Association totals more than 12,000 alumni connected through a common story of opportunities at Central Penn College. The Knight Nation alumni wish to congratulate our newest alumni celebrating their graduation this June, as well as our newest Golden Knights alumni celebrating their 50th anniversary since graduation. The Knight Nation is proud to have you. To learn more about upgrading your alumni membership to the new Sword and Shield level, visit www.centralpen.edu slash alumni. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bridge, hosted by Central Penn College President Linda Fadrizi-Williams. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a great rating on your favorite podcast service. The Bridge is available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. 
Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes of The Bridge, stories of resilience, courage, and innovation with Dr. Linda Fadrizi-Williams. We'll see you next time.